is quite simply, that's my testimony. And I'm not going to give you my whole testimony tonight, but it'll all come in, hopefully, God willing, in what I have to say. But on the 16th of November, 1979, I sat at my bedside, and I couldn't have quoted one verse of Scripture. And it was only the love of God that came in and changed my heart that day. So that hymn is very precious to me. And I trust that if you didn't know it, that soon you will know it. Because it's one of the most beautiful hymns that we can sing unto the Lord. So I want to thank Mark for his introduction. And the ones out in the hallway as well, I've been told what to not say. I'm not allowed to say certain words in here, uh, but that doesn't mean a thing to me. (laughs) I can assure you, my my wife will tell me that if you see her doing that, you'll know I'm going over my time. All right? It's not that she has a sore throat or anything, but that's, that's the signal. And the clock may be big, and I trust that I'll see it okay. Now, I want to take a reading uh, this evening, a very simple reading uh, from the Word of God, and it's found in Mark's Gospel, uh, chapter 4. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. A very familiar passage of Scripture. And a very simple passage of scripture. Because the gospel is a simple message. It's nothing complicated. Because if it had been complicated, I wouldn't have been here tonight. But the gospel is a simple message. Let us hear the word of God to our hearts this evening as we find it in Mark's gospel chapter 4. And breaking into the reading... Uh, for the sake of time, at verse 35. Verse 35 of Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. Let us hear the word of God to our hearts this evening. And the same day, when the even was come, Jesus saith unto them, Let us pass over Onto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. That's full of water. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And then down into chapter 5, just one verse. 
And they came over onto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. And you know the rest of it. And we'll end there at verse 2. And we know that God will bless his own uh, reading of his own word to our hearts. Let us still our hearts for a moment in prayer, please. Our loving Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the privilege of having thy word before us this evening. And Lord, it's not the word of a denomination, it's the word of the living God. And we pray, Father, now that as we open it, open it up, we pray that thy Holy Spirit will illuminate it to my heart and to every heart bowed in thy presence this evening. Fulfill thy promise, Lord, that your word shall not return unto thee void, but it shall accomplish that which you please. In Jesus' lovely name we ask it. Amen. Now, we've all come through various storms we've had the past weekend. I just built a carport and I was very anxious and very concerned that my carport would go down the road, but thankfully it didn't. But we've had the experience of Dudley, And we've had Eunice, and we've had Franklin, and before we go any further, are there any Gladyses here? No Gladyses? Well, that's good, because the next storm that's coming is supposed to be called Gladys. So that's why I asked, was there any Gladyses? And we're told that these female... Now, I could be getting into real trouble here tonight. We're we're told that these female uh, storms that are called after ladies' names, they're the worst of the whole lot. (laughs) Who said amen? (laughs) I didn't. So we'll leave it there. So... They're supposed to be the worst. Now, don't ask me, because I know nothing about storms. But we've watched them. We've watched the planes trying to get landing on down at Heathrow. Sure, we have all seen it. How these pilots can maneuver these planes and side winds and everything else and get passengers down safely onto the runway. Whenever we were living in the Isle of Man, we watched the steam packet boats many a time trying to get uh, into Douglas Harbour. And if you know anything about the Isle of Man, there's a little tower of refuge out in the bay. And in the olden days, whenever those boats and sailors were coming in and the storms were there, and they couldn't get docking it in the actual harbour, they, they dropped off the individuals at that little tower of refuge. And you'll see it out in the bay. It's still there today, at least it was. Whenever we were living in Port Rush, we watched the Port Rush lifeboat going out in many a dark night in the midst of a storm. And we know nothing about those storms that we have experienced. Because if you're on those planes and you're on a, on a boat or something like that there, it's a different carry-on than staying in a house and worrying about a carport. But those storms are real. And in this passage that we have read together this evening, 
these disciples were called by the Lord Jesus Christ to remain on in the boat that they were standing in and to go over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And we're told that it was uh, coming down dark. We, we read in verse 35 that even the evening was come. And so it was beginning to get dark. Now these disciples were in a boat, a wooden boat, and according to what I have read, that boat, and I presume some school teacher here will probably contradict me, but that doesn't matter. The boat was approximately 26 feet in length, 8 feet wide, and 4 feet deep. Now that's not a big boat. And that boat was told, uh, the, 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 these experienced fishermen were told to get in that, or stay in that boat and go over to the, the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And it was now coming down dark. I want you to picture that scene tonight. Because it's a reality that these here are experienced fishermen. They're used to boats. Now, I'm not. But these were experienced fishermen that the Lord Jesus Christ had called and told to leave all and to follow him. And they did. They left their nets, they left their boats, they left the fishing, and they followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And now they've been told to go over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee. Now that, I've, that Sea of Galilee is approximately 13 miles by 8. So it's not overly big. Big enough. There's mountains around it. And so you can imagine and picture the scene this evening. Dusk is now coming down. It's getting dark. There's mountains around it. The sun is setting. And whenever the sun is setting, behind the mountain it gets darker. And that's the situation that these individuals were finding on this journey. A journey of darkness, a, dark, a journey in darkness. Light was now failing them. It didn't matter to fishermen because they, they were used to that. But it was still a journey that was bringing them in darkness. And you know, dear friends, life's journeys that we are on often bring us into dark places. Dark places. A place where we don't know where to turn. A place where in our minds we can't find a way out. That's why I love that hymn. Wonderful love that rescued me. Sunk deep in sin. Because on the 16th of November, 1979... David Wright found himself in a dark place because of the sin of this world and because of all the activities of this world. And as I sat at the edge of my bed that Friday morning at half past ten approximately, I was in a real dark place. The journey had brought me to divorce, suicide, I just running away to the Lauren boat. Oh, I had everything. I had a good job, new bungalow, 
nice child, everything. But it was a dark place. Oh, you smile. You smile and you go on. But your heart is broken. You can put on a show to the outward world. But you're broken. You're broken. The real you is feeling the darkness. It's no longer not a game anymore. Your friends are no use. But you're in a dark place. And just as these disciples were on a dark journey, a journey of darkness, that's where I was that Friday morning. At the start of the disciples' journey, everything was calm. Oh, it was wonderful. Experienced fishermen going across the Sea of Galilee. The stillness of the, of the water. Everything. But things can change so quickly. Whenever we were living up in County Fermanagh, around the lakes, you hear of tragedies on, on many occasions around the lakes of Fermanagh. You could go around one part of Fermanagh and on, the, on the lake and it would be as calm. You go around a little island perhaps and the boat would be hit with waves just like that. Suddenly, things can change. And Loch Erne was like that. And dear friends, if we're, when we're, if we're honest with ourselves we're on the journey of life, things can change so quickly. Our storms can come in and uh, tonight perhaps you're in, in, in one of these three situations. You're either in a storm, a storm that no one else knows anything about, but you're in a storm, or else you're coming out of a storm. But dear friends, you can rest assured at some time, you'll go into a storm. You'll go into a storm. You're about to enter a storm. Storms come in many ways. From many sources. Could be a bereavement in a, house, in a home. I, don't, I only know some of you tonight. But it could be a bereavement and the storm of, bereave, of, of brevity is, is coming into your heart and into your life. Maybe it's a marriage breakup. And the storm of that is hitting you. A financial problem. Loss of work, everything comes in. Comes in. Problems with family, problems with children, problems within schools, problems here, problems there. And the storm engulfs your life very quickly. Very quickly. Sometimes those storms are brought on by Satan and sin. Comes into your life. Oh, you don't like anyone turning around and saying that you're a sinner. You don't like anyone turning around and saying, oh, your life is full of sin. I didn't like it. 
didn't like it. But when we allow the searchlight of God's Holy Spirit to search our hearts, he will reveal the source of the sin. He will reveal the source of the storm. He will show you exactly where that storm was coming from. That Friday morning as I sat on my bedside, with those three realities in my mind, I knew I had a good wife. I knew that she had trusted in the Lord before. And I could see the change in my wife's attitude, her her way of life and everything else. I could see it for myself and I knew it deep in my heart. But Satan was putting the storm into that heart of life of mine. I knew I had everything that a young man could want. But one thing that I didn't have, and that was peace, the peace of God. But whenever we allow God's Holy Spirit to search us, he will show us exactly where it's coming from. You see, the first time, first time I sat in a gospel meeting, I wasn't brought up in circles like that. The first time I sat in a gospel meeting, and I said before I couldn't have quoted one verse of scripture, but I knew exactly how I stood before God. I didn't need a preacher to tell me. I knew in my heart how I stood before God. And yet I didn't, I couldn't have quoted one verse of scripture. And sometimes God sends storms into our lives to bring us closer to him. Sometimes God brings a storm into our life to stop us on our downward path. Sometimes those storms really need to grip our hearts. Grip our hearts. Maybe you're like that tonight. You need God to stop you. You need God to grip your heart tonight. You need God to reveal who he really is tonight. You see, this gospel of Mark reveals who Jesus really is. Because if you go over to the very first chapter of verse 1, this is what Mark's gospel is all about. And if you take nothing else from this service tonight, take this from the service. The beginning in verse 1 of chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel of of Jesus Christ. What does it say next? The Son of God. And it was the Son of God who poured out his love for David Wright on Calvary's cross. That wonderful love that rescued me, sunk deep in sin. That's why that hymn is so precious. And that Son of God wants to rescue you tonight. No matter who you are, no matter what your, what your storm is tonight, 
That Jesus, the Son of God, wants to rescue you tonight. But dear friends, I want to remind you that there is no storm on earth that heaven cannot calm. No matter what you're going through, there's no storm on earth that heaven cannot calm. There is no problem that Jesus cannot calm. No problem. No matter how you feel tonight, that your back might be against the wall, no matter how you see yourself that there's no way out of whatever the problem may be in your storm, Jesus is the answer. Well, you might say, preacher, how do you know? I know on the 16th of November, 1979, Jesus was the answer. I told you before I couldn't have quoted one verse of Scripture. But I knew that Jesus died on that cross of Calvary to save a sinner like David Wright. That's why I can recommend him to you tonight. We are told that the boat was now full in verse 37. Can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine the scene of this boat with the disciples and the Lord Jesus Christ asleep in the back of it? On a pillow. The boat was now full of water. And perhaps your boat tonight. And your heart is full. And you can't get the water out. You can't get the stress. The anxieties. The sin. And everything else that has come in like a flood into your heart and into your life. You can't get it out. That's what these disciples were finding themselves. Now imagine, these are experienced fishermen. It's not the first time they've had the water in the boat, but they've never experienced anything like this ever before. It was coming in too quick. There was no way of escape. And you find yourself perhaps like that tonight and you're in a dark journey and the boat is full. But God knows. Perhaps nobody else knows. But God, he knows. He knows. Perhaps you're full of fear. Fear. Maybe you're unsaved and you're, you're not saved in our gathering tonight or listening on, online or whatever. There's fear. Fear in your heart about trusting Jesus. There's fear in your heart of what would happen. But dear friends, this evening, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And Satan wants to snare you tonight. He wants to keep you down. And bring you down. And further down. Until you're finally down into a lost eternity. We 
without Christ. Not only was it a journey of darkness, but it was a journey of doubts. In the midst of this journey and and the storm, I'm sure these disciples thought to themselves, what have we done? We have left our trade, we have left our fishing boats, we have left our nets, we have left everything, and we were were following this man. And he's asleep. He's asleep in the boat. And I'm sure they were doubting what they have done, what what they've committed themselves to. He was asleep. They ask. He doesn't care. Verse 38. He doesn't care. Have you ever found yourself in a situation you've said something similar? Why is God bringing me through this? Why is this storm come into my life? Why isn't God answering my prayer? Why am I going through this illness? Why am I going through this loss of work? Why am I having all these problems in my life? You're a child of God that has said that. You see, Satan wants to make you doubt. Doubt. That's what Satan was trying to do with these disciples. Satan wanted to make them doubt after obeying the voice of the Savior. The simple words that follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And whenever they heard that call and that cry going out, they immediately obeyed that voice. But now, they're doubting. What have we done? What have we done? But if you go over to Genesis chapter 3, you needn't look it up, it's, you, you all know it. We know that the serpent was saying to Eve in, in the Garden of Eden, Hath God said that you weren't to eat that fruit? Hath God said? What was the devil doing? Putting doubt. Hath God said? And Satan wants you to doubt. Satan wants you to doubt that you you couldn't be saved. He wants you to doubt that God could keep you. Satan is saying to your heart, perhaps tonight on saved in our gathering, he says, oh, you couldn't keep it. You couldn't be a Christian. How could you go into work the next morning and turn around and tell your friends and your workmates that, that, that you've now become a Christian? You couldn't do that, Satan is saying to you. What's Satan trying to do? He's trying to fill your mind and your heart with doubt. Doubt. How could I go to the farmer's mart and say, I'm now a Christian. How could I go into work and tell my colleague at the other end of a machine, perhaps, I'm now a Christian? Satan wants you to to have that doubt in your mind, dear friend. Hath God said? 
the disciples doubted his concern whenever they said, Curest thou not? Do you think Jesus doesn't care for you tonight? Do you think that he doesn't love you tonight? Do you think the, the Christ of Calvary doesn't love you tonight? He loves you. You may be a sinner. He loves you, but he hates your sin. But he died on that cross to take away your sin. They doubted his commitment to them. We perish. We perish, they cry out. They doubted his very plan that he had whenever he said, let us go over to the other side. You think Jesus didn't know what he was going over to the other side for? This was God manifest in the flesh. Of course he knew what lay ahead. He knew what what he was going to meet on the other side. Let us pass over to the other side. They were looking at the problem. Not the one who could solve the problem. Maybe that's you tonight. You're looking at your problems. You're looking at all the doubts that Satan has put into your mind. All the barriers. But you're not looking to the one who can take down those barriers. You're not looking to the one who can solve those problems. Well, you don't need a preacher to tell you tonight. The little verse of scripture says, look unto me. Jesus said, and be ye saved. Look unto me, and be ye saved. What are you looking at tonight? Are you looking to a church? Are you looking to your good works? Looking to some historical event that took place in the past? Or are you looking to Jesus? The one who paid it all on Calvary's cross. Look unto me, Jesus said, and be ye saved. Not look to the preacher, not look to the church, not look to anything else, but look unto me, Jesus said. Because he paid it all on Calvary's cross. Jesus wants to save you tonight. He died for you. He loves you tonight. He poured out his blood to cleanse your sin away and he's able he's able to save to the uttermost if he wasn't able to save to the uttermost dear friend David Wright would not be behind this pulpit if I didn't have confidence tonight that Jesus is able to save right to the uttermost to do a good work, to do a good job in a heart. I wouldn't stand here one minute more. One minute more. Not only was it a journey of doubts, it was a journey of discoveries. They discovered the power 
and his person. He was asleep in the back of the boat. They discovered his power as the mighty creator. The one that the wind obeyed. The one that the waters obeyed. This was now the mighty creator. Jesus, God's son. That they have in their boat. The creator. And if we go over to uh, John chapter 1. We read. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. This is who he, they had in the boat. They discovered this. Whenever they observed the very wind obeying him. He, he was totally exhausted. So that shows his humanity. He knows what you're going through. He knows what it's like to be tired. He knows what it's like to do a day's work and come home like totally exhausted because he had spent the whole day showing parables onto the unsaved, to the crowd around, around the Sea of Galilee on the shoreline. And he had spent the whole day expounding the, uh, those valuable scriptures. And he was exhausted, which shows his humanity. But they, they saw his, his, his divinity because the very wind obeyed his voice on the sea. And you know, the one in the boat, because he was the mighty creator, the creator of the sea, the wind, the sun, the moon, the stars, the whole lot. But he was the creator of the very wood of the boat that they were in. Isn't that wonderful? And he was now asleep in the back of the boat. But he was also the creator of the very cross that he hung for you and for me. He loves you tonight. He loves you. And they discovered this. They discovered this whenever the storm came into the boat. Have you discovered it yet? Who this Jesus really is. They had the greatest protection. But the other little boats that were in the storm, but they didn't have the mighty Savior. Let me ask you tonight. Have you got the mighty Savior in your heart and in your life? Oh, you know the Savior's power to save a sinner. You've witnessed it. You've seen individuals that have been transformed through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Satan is putting doubt into your mind. Satan is flooding your heart and your mind with all the doubts of your own salvation. Because I was like that. 
I was pointing the finger to the hypocrites. I was pointing the finger to this and that and the other. I used to walk down Armagh streets in my younger days and I mocked the preachers that were standing on Jail Square. Me, yes, me. I made all the excuses to my wife whenever she trusted in the Lord. Oh, I couldn't go out tonight. I'm too busy. I have a horse to deal with or something. I had something else to do. I made all the excuses. Is that you tonight? Is that you? Do you know the first thing that spoke to my heart, dear friend? A genuine child of God came into our home to visit. Now I'm emphasizing the genuine child of God. He sat down on my settee and he didn't open his mouth about one thing in the scriptures. But I knew by his very countenance that Christ was in his heart. I knew. Christ was glowing out of his heart and out of his life. Perhaps you're pointing to hypocrites tonight. Well, all I can say to you, dear friend, is don't let a hypocrite take your soul to a lost eternity. Don't look to the hypocrites. God will deal with them. The disciples asked, What manner of man is this? Have you asked that question yet? Will you know his presence in the final storm of life? The final storm. I have sat with many that have come to that final storm of life. Some have found it a dark place. Some have found it a terrifying place. But dear friend, it says, Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Will you know that Saviour in that final storm of life? Only you can answer that. Only you can answer it. Not the person beside you. No one else, only you can answer that question. But dear friend, that's the final storm. And as those fishermen came near to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, it was now turning into a journey of decision. What were they going to do? God has spoken. He had calmed 
the storm. Peace be still. The waters abated. The wind ceased. And they were going to have now a journey of decision. And that journey comes to all of our hearts at some stage. Should be standing at an open grave. A hospital bed. Gospel tract that has been handed to you. A godly Sunday school teacher. Brought up in a godly home perhaps. And so you're now on a journey of decision. A journey that you must decide. Because that decision determines your destiny. It's personal. Personal. You see, the foolish farmer, he was on a journey. And he made the wrong decision. And God said, thou fool. Is that what God's saying to your heart tonight? Thou fool. He said it to the foolish farmer on his journey. Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. The prodigal went out into a far country and wasted his living. But thankfully he came to himself and he made the right decision. And he turned home. What about you tonight? Jesus wants to say those words into your heart tonight. Peace be still. The journey that you're on, Jesus wants to step in. Just as he was in the boat with the disciples. He wants to step into your heart and into your life tonight. He's pleading with you. Pleading. But maybe your life is like what it says in Proverbs chapter 24. And that with this I'll close. Proverbs chapter 24. And verse 30 and 31. And 32. Simply says, I went by the field of the slothful. And by the vineyard of the man, void of understanding, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Is that your life tonight? The storm had brought all into your heart and into your life. Thorns had now come in. Is that your heart tonight? cares of this world, the sin of this world, and everything else is in that heart of yours tonight. And the nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Your life's in a mess, dear friend. You don't need a preacher to tell you, because you know how you stand before God tonight. And the final storm came tonight. 
you know whether your vessel will be full of the sin and the cares of this world or whether you'd be rejoicing in a wonderful saviour tonight. Verse 32 says, Then I saw and considered it well. Then I saw and considered it well. Will you consider it well tonight for your soul? Jesus loves you tonight. And just as those passengers had to trust in the pilot to bring that plane in the midst of the storm safely down, can you not trust the one who paid it all on Calvary's cross to bring you to glory and to bring you to heaven? Or are you going to doubt and allow Satan to bring it down into a lost eternity? Because, dear friend, God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's as simple as that. Do you have the Son of God in your vessel tonight? Do you have Christ in your boat tonight? Or are you heading to a lost eternity without him? A decision determines your destiny tonight. And I trust you'll make the right decision and turn to Christ and him alone. We're going to close tonight. Is there a heart that is waiting, longing for pardon today? Hear the glad message proclaiming Jesus is passing this way.